So yes, this is the bonus episode to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy, which is still going to be a somewhat dour discussion, but it's going to be a much more what on earth is he thinking style discussion. Mm. So as I mentioned in the main part of the episode, there's this character called Vinice. What have we talked about him before in this podcast? I don't briefly, briefly. Yeah. He's come up once or twice. He has an almost daily two-hour podcast slash vodcast that appears on America. Oh, I actually can't remember the name of the broad of the of the broadcast network he works with in the US. It's a internet radio thing with vi- video a lot like Infowars. And he kind of is our most prominent conspiracy theorist, although it's quite fascinating. He's not really known by anyone here. Mm. He's more well-known overseas. Uh, and he tries to come across as a kind of a, kind of affable chap. He's kind of the happier version of Alex Jones to a large extent. But he's decided to take interest in what's been happening down in Ototahi, which is understandable. He's a Kiwi, just just like us, but he's convinced that this was a false flag, and he's convinced because he has 18 of basically 41 features that show an event is a false flag. Uh, now, these 41 features originally came from when Barack Obama was president of the United States, so some of them, uh, Obama attends a funeral-style markers, which of course don't make any sense now now that Trump is in charge. But we're going to go through the 18 features that Vinny thinks show that the mosque shootings was a false flag, and kind of question as to whether these are... because Right, so I should point out, he does state, note that not all of these items will be found in relation to every false flag. Very few, if any, of these items should be found at a real event. Mm. Thus, when you start seeing several of these items appear in one event, it is most likely a false flag. So it's the idea that the combination of these taken together strongly suggests false flagness. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say the combination of these strongly taken together show that the event is newsworthy. Yes. Uh, and indeed... I would. I, I. I have never seen from these sorts of conspiracy theorists, and maybe because I haven't um, looked hard enough. I've never seen people put forward an example of such an attack which they do think is genuine. No. Is there one? So when he says very few, if any, of these items should be found at a real event, c- can he point to a real event that doesn't have any of these? So I mean, I suppose we've kind of had this discussion before when we talked about those lists of false flags mm. that people put forward, and they put forward some which actually do occur, so op- op- Operation Susanna and then the resulting Levon affair to cover up the failure of the false flag, uh, Operation Embarrass and the like, but then of course they add in a whole bunch of things which aren't false flags as actually being false flags. So they seem to be they either put too much in, at which point you're going to be probably actually only accidentally right about the ones which are real false flags, or they don't put in the actual false flags and only mention the things which uh, purport, uh, are... Uh, no, I'm confusing myself by talking about false flags and non-false flags. Mm-hmm. They, they talk about events which quite clearly look to be mass shootings as being examples of false flags instead. So, no, they don't ever seem to 
apply this list to actual false flags. Especially because going through the list, it appears to be very specifically uh, mass shooting false flags. Not, I mean, some yeah. of these false flag, genuine ones that we've looked at in the past have been sort of military operations or, or political things, but these seem to be very specifically mass shootings, which are actually a false flag uh, operation. And yeah, I've never seen a, f a mass shooting type event that people have said, oh, you know, that's actually one of the real ones. Um, if, if that's ever happened, I've not seen it. Well, let's go, let's, through, yeah, the let's list. go through the list. So the first item is key videos hidden. Still pictures, which are often grainy or unclear, are released support the official story. Now, we didn't talk about this much actually in the main episode, but we here in New Zealand have seen very little of the either the video or the manifesto that were released by the killer. I understand in other countries, stills from the video and excerpts of the manifesto were shown on like major President Erdogan is showing the video at rallies. Mm. That's the president of Turkey. I don't know why I'm looking at the camera there. There's yes. no camera filming. Mm. Hello, spy cameras. So the key video has indeed been hidden in this country, but I understand not so much. And if, I mean, of course, it's it's a snuff film. It's the video of lots of people getting shot and killed. Yes, so obviously, yeah, no news network it falls is going under to... objectionable content, mm. according to the censor of New Zealand, which is an official title. And objectionable material has legal ramifications if you view it or share it. And that's not because of trying to keep the video away from public eyes for sinister reasons, it's because it's a snuff film, and mm. snuff films are illegal in our jurisdiction. Yeah. Uh, now, admittedly, the snuff film is grainy or unclear because it's, it's a, a yeah it's, it's, it's low resolution low frame rate it's got compression issues like nothing on earth so it is grainy or unclear but that's that's entirely due to the limits of the technology all right next one perpetrators are identified in record time i don't know what counts as record time the perpetrator well Apart from initial confusion around the fact that four people were arrested, um, the perpetrator was named. Uh, what was it? Has been has been named in New Zealand media, yeah. and I have seen the name. But since I think, uh, since Prime Minister Ardern made the point of saying she's never going to say his name, I think most of the media here has followed. Yeah, suit. in fact, actually, I had a I had a problem on Twitter today. So there is kind of a consensus in this country. We don't use the name. And I use a combination of Instapaper and Buffer, an online service, to save articles to my Instapaper feed, and then they get broadcast onto my Twitter feed at set times during the day. And it turned out I saved a New Zealand Herald article before the self-imposed ban on using the name occurred, uh, which meant which they then changed the title of the article subsequently, but when it was captured, it generated what was going to be the tweet at that moment in time, mm. and so I inadvertently tweeted out the name automatically and then went through and changed the tweet to avoid avoid that. So, yeah, there has been a kind of a change of heart as mm. to whether we use the name or not. Even our media organisations are going back and removing his name not from articles, but from the titles of uh, of articles. Mm. So, I mean, perpetrators are identified. Well, I mean, the, the perpetrator certainly was identified quickly. How that is specific to false flag offence and not 
Especially since I don't see he was identified because the police, the police asked for his name yeah. and he gave his name because and indeed, he wants to be known. Mm. He's not trying to hide his existence. He's, he wrote a manifesto. Yes. Now, the next one, new laws or military action take place as a result of the event. Now, that's interesting because here, yes, new laws, it appears, will result as a, uh, take place as a result of the event. And the, st the States is notorious for nothing ever happening after one of these events. Ah, but they did, invade, they did invade Afghanistan and Iraq after 9-11, and that was a military well, indeed, but it's certainly action. all of the all of the the mass shootings, supposed false flags, have not resulted never seem in to result in new laws. So, yes. gun laws. So, if that's that a marker of a false backwards. flag, yeah. it doesn't seem to be one which applies to most of the mass shootings that go on in the U.S. Now, this next one, come on, right? So, come this on. yeah, this one, this is the one which is truly ludicrous. The event receives an abnormal amount of press coverage. I would and like that's to a mark know, of a false yeah. flag only. I claiming. would like to know what a normal amount of press coverage is to the largest mass shooting in human history. Yes, no. What I, is what is what is the normal amount of press? I coverage? I don't see how you can defend that as being a characteristic of false flags, just I mean, in any we, way at we all. We live in a country that, despite the fact that we have a housing crisis, we have endless articles about people buying houses for the first time and how it's important to buy a house. That's abnormal coverage mm. of an issue. A mass shooting, which is kind of a world first for how many people killed on mm. the spot, I don't think we've had an abnormal amount of coverage of this event. No, no. So... Now, uh, the next point... I mean, basically they're saying if it's newsworthy, you've got to be suspicious about it. Yeah. Which... I mean, frankly, it would actually be unusual if the event occurred and then there was very little coverage. Yes, that would be an abnormal amount That of would indicate coverage. that maybe there is a cover-up going on of some mm. particular kind. Now, the next one, the country where the event took place has recently irritated Israel in some way. Was there, was there some... Well, I mean, we've, we, we've, ir we've irritated Israel and that, you know, we've disagreed with the US and Australia about where the embassy should be located. We've got on Israel's nerves with regard to the fake passports oh, the that fake the Mossad spies are doing. Ago, right? uh, there's been a whole bunch of small issues. You mm. know, We've been in support of Palestine for some resolutions at the UN, and that's got, that's got on this. That's, that's made certain Isra Israeli politicians be against us. Uh, but... It's not as if it's a major contretemp. No, no. It's not it's the not. kind of thing which you would expect a, say, a secret service like Mossad to then go, right, time to get the spies out and cause a mass shooting yeah. in Christchurch. And it's it's a, a weirdly specific one as well because it appears to be angling specifically towards an anti-Semitic. anti-Semitism. Yeah. Um, but anyway... What's next? The event and perpetrators are set up to cause conflict between several different religious, ethnic, or sexual orientation groups. Well, that definitely applies, I suppose. suppose yeah, but uh... once again, this is a white supremacist engaging mm. in an attack. That's kind of what he said in the manifesto. And indeed, it's kind of been the, um, uh, the, the point behind... Um, Islamist terrorist acts as well. In fact, actually, maybe, maybe I, again, I haven't looked, but possibly do they think that when, that when Islamists do it, it's not a false flag? 
the, the, the... Yeah, actually, I think I think that's fair to say. Mm. Uh, especially people like the white supremacists in this particular question would definitely, from what I can read of the manifesto, be of the kind of thought that most of those shootings over in the US are probably fake, although it's unusual given he did one himself. Uh, but Islam is, is a real threat. Yes. That, are, that's it, are. of course, 9-11, supposedly Islamic terrorists, but the... False flag aficionados would claim that that wasn't. Oh yes, but you know, so. Islam might be a threat, but they can't fly planes. Mm. I mean, but, they're, um, they're, they're they're too primitive to fly a plane. Josh is the kind of thing they would say. So, yeah, I mean, it it applies to this case. I don't see what it is about that particular fact that would make it a characteristic of false flag attacks and not any other ones. Where, where, where does he go next? The friends and family of the victims do interviews that are not believable. That doesn't even that that's that's vague enough Look, to be. Some of them were very melodramatic with response to the fact that their their spouses had been killed. Mm. I mean that it seems a bit unbelievable that someone would show that much emotion. Now, admittedly, Vinny is a Kiwi, and Kiwis are quite famous we are for Taciturn, yes. Uh, but not normally when a spouse has been shot. Yes, no. So that, yeah, I'd, not believable could pretty much mean anything. And it's it's that sort of vagueness that I do you, we do see in the false play thing where it's sort of, you know, why would this person act in this way? And it's like, well, who the hell knows? They're a human being. We're all different and people have different responses to... Yeah, and there is a kind of weird folk psychology of people in armchairs going, well, you know, that's not how I would react. That means it's suspicious. Okay, mm. so, or maybe... That's because that person isn't is a you. different person from yeah. you, and also you don't know how you would react in that situation. No, it's the thing. I mean, I've, I mean, so. I, I imagine like most people, with on occasion when something really bad has occurred, gone, how would I have reacted in that situation, and then discovered several years later we get into a similar situation, our reaction is completely different. Mm. Uh, now the next one, one or more bombs do not detonate. Now there were. Bombs. He had yeah. bombs in his car, didn't he? Yeah. And they indeed did not detonate. No. I, they um, were they were disarmed by the military. So I'm not quite sure whether it was the case it did not detonate or whether they were disarmed after he was... Yeah, before he, he was, had a chance yeah. to try to detonate them. So, so it is true. One or two... Okay, there were two bombs and they did not detonate. But don't think... At this stage, that might be the closest thing they've got to... Desiderata for false flag, and even yeah. then, your average. I mean, if, if this person indeed isn't is uh, something of an amateur, meaning they're an amateur bomb builder, um, it wouldn't be inconceivable that they'd be messed up and wouldn't detonate properly. Or, or indeed, as appears to be the case here, he never even got the chance to detonate him because he was rammed off the road and pulled out of his car by the cops. The next one, an unbelievable hero story is released by the press on day two. Now, we talked about we this in the main episode. Uh, the a ATM-bearing shotgun-picking-up hero was talked about. The, I don't know whether it was day two, maybe, actually, maybe the Sunday by the time that information yeah. came, came out. So it is true there was a remarkable hero story. Within a few days. But yes, again, unbelievable, much like things being not believable before. Well, that doesn't really mean a lot. Yeah. And the thing is, there probably were other heroistic stories that we just never got to see of people who ran towards the... 
perpetrator. Well, I, I had and... stories who ran towards the perpetrator and unfortunately were killed. Yeah. Um, there was the fella who. Un, um, there was a story about a guy who, uh, out of what turned out to be uh, justified paranoia, apparently had always sat near the window in his mosque in case he needed to jump through it. In, in, in if if some sort of attack on the mosque occurred, um, and did indeed jump straight through the window and did manage to save people, you know, gave people an alternate exit out of the building and did probably save a few lives. Um, but yes, okay, now 23, a manifesto is released by the perpetrator. Well, that certainly did happen in this case and has indeed happened in other mass shooting cases. But with, why, that's, why, why that's a feature of a false flag as opposed to a feature of egomaniacs and highly egotistical individuals who think they're going to become famous and start a race war mm. through their a the actions, I don't know. I... That seems like a perfectly congruent thing. If you're going to massacre 50 people, you're probably going to explain to people why. Mm. So um, All right, so we, and we actually didn't talk about this in the main ep episode. This event was planned for two years, according yes. to mm. the manifesto, and the particular attack was planned for three months. The original location of the attack was actually going to be a mosque in Dunedin, but he changed it to Christchurch instead. So, he also claimed to have written a longer manifesto of about 240 pages in length, which he then deleted and then wrote a new one. My suspicion is the reference to the longer manifesto is basically designed to get people to look for a longer manifesto so to keep the story alive for longer. Mm. I think that's actually a tactical ploy by the terrorist in this particular situation. I doubt there was a longer manifesto. There might have been. But given the other ways he's trying to kind of troll the libs in the manifesto, I imagine that's designed for people going, oh, but maybe we can find it. Maybe there'll be copies of it somewhere online. Mm. Uh, so the next one was uh, a drill is taking place at or near the event at the same time. Now, as we mentioned in the main episode, this did happen. Police were training uh, in, in sort of room clearing exercises, I think they're referred to as. Um, which is why the two officers who showed up were actually armed um, right from the get-go. Um, and we do see, oh, this is a claim I've seen a lot before, that sort of some other police or military sort of training event. Yeah, I mean, there were associated drills on September 11th. There were associated drills with respect to the London bombings. Uh, one thing which people don't talk about much is it's actually drills going on with services all the time people training mm. for doing x or y so the statistical likelihood of a drill occurring at the same time of a major event is actually substantially higher than most people think it's going to be because most people think that you get your police license and then you just become a copper pounding the streets for weeks and weeks and weeks and then you become a a sergeant etc as opposed to no there's actually this constant training on the job to hone your skills so a training event occurring at the same time looks unusual, but there's actually an open question. Actually, how unusual is it given these particular types of roles? Mm. Now, the next one, uh, little to no amateur cell phone video footage of the event is released. I'm not aware of any. There, uh, just in the last day, there's been CCTV footage of the car yeah. speeding away and firing shots out of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, yes, it's it's 2019. Cell phones and cell phone cameras are ubiquitous. But um, on the other hand, this happened 
the shootings happened inside mosques, so people were were at prayer. They wouldn't have had their cell phones on, on their phones. Um, and and inside, so uh, there, you know, there wouldn't have been other. It's not like there would have been people on the street who saw it initially. And anyone who did see a guy out on the street waving a gun around would probably have been um, well, so running a, for cover. He was shooting at people mm. in the street, shooting up and down the street, which meant that people were running away from the scene. You don't tend to, if you see someone with a gun, yeah, go, and this oh, just out, get kind out of the situation. old iPhone SE and take. Oh, mm. look, I've been shot in the stomach. Yes, you'd need to be fairly certain you were actually out of. Of immediate danger before yeah. you started filming things I would have thought. And I mean it wasn't if it was occurring in a kind of business a business dis district, it's mm. the middle of the day people yeah. are at work mm. uh, An online video is found of the perpetrator acting crazy is that one even true? I I mean I, I maybe Vinny's found something but the closest I could get would be there's stuff online about the perpetrator on social media like Twitter but I'm not aware of a video making him out to be crazy. Maybe he's making the claim that that's the actual live stream mm. video that makes him look like a psychopath. And of course, if it's a false flag, then obviously that's a plant. Uh, maybe that's what he means. Yes, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, where do we go from there then? The details of the event make it impossible to not be reminded of other recent false flag events. Now this, yeah, this is the thing that always strikes me about the false flag stuff, just how sort of circular they are. It's always, this is obviously a false flag because it's like all these other false flags, which we thought were false flags because they were like other false flags, which we thought were false flags because they were like other false flags, and it never seems to bottom out in actual proof. Here's a thing, you know, the, the, this is concrete proof that this incident was a false flag um, in any sort of way that would then allow you to, to infer that because this event is similar to that event which was a false flag, this one must be one. Yeah. Um, which that, that sort of seems to be the the main problem with this, the whole yeah. project, really. If you assume other points. mass shootings are false flags, then this one resembles those false flag flag flash shoot, shooting, mass shootings. I haven't even had whiskey tonight. Mm. Uh, but if you don't think those are false flags, then this mass shooting resembles other mass shootings. Mm. Yeah, so very, very circular. Um, moving on to number, the next one, the perpetrators wore body armour. No, he did wear body armour. Yep, that, that just speaks to preparation on the part of a yeah, mass shooter. two years see. of prep. Mm, I don't, yeah. Uh, former military members played key roles in the event in some way. That's seems awfully vague, and in a country as small as New Zealand, there must be former military people involved well, the bo in the... the bombs were disarmed by people from the army. Yep. And I assume our police force has a decent number of ex-military yeah. folks in it as well who would have been involved. Yeah, so I, I don't... But in, 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 in vo played roles the, in the event in some way... Is delightfully vague. ...about anything, yeah. yeah. Authorities are on the scene in record time and numbers that would not normally be possible in a short time period without prior knowledge. Which is certainly is not at odds with anything he's said, but it is, is at odds with some of the things we talked about in the main part of the episode where people claimed it took a long time for police to get there. Um, but at any rate, in record time, well, first of all, since an event like this is kind of unprecedented in New Zealand, who's to say what a record time is? We only, the only other mass shooting of note to happen in this country was the Aramoana shootings back in 1990, and that was out in sort of 
almost rural New Zealand, really. So yeah, it's actually everyone's hard to get to. Mm. So you had the local police station and the major police stations quite some distance away. Uh, and so that was a situation where you had a hostage situation in an isolated community. And was one of the police officers shot yes, yeah. initially, which of course actually made yeah. the response even more yeah, awkward. No, the, lo the local guy um, confronted Gray, what was his name? David Gray? Whatever his name was. Uh, confronted him and was shot instantly. And then it was, uh, so this was if you've seen the movie Out of the Blue, which was the... the um, Dramatization. Dramatization of it yep. with Carl Urban, yeah. So, so Carl Urban plays the police officer, not the one who got shot. New Zealand's yet, Judge Dredd. New Zealand's Judge Dredd, yes. Uh, and the thing is, oh, and also the numbers, as we said before, two, two people showed up on the spot. Yeah. Lot, lots of cops were, you know, got there eventually. And the thing is, so the timing was awkward because, of course, they arrived in six minutes to the scene of the first shooting at Al Noor Mosque just after the terrorist fled by car, or not even fled by car, moved to the second mosque. So they actually turned up to the first mosque, you know, as the piece pointed out, too late to do anything, because by the time they got the call, the shootings were basically over and done with. Uh, and then, of course, they got a report of the second shooting and went along to that, and they basically captured him as he was leaving the scene, because yeah. they had a description of him by that particular point. I think they point. said they knew sort of obviously being local cops, they knew the city and sort of guessed at the route he would probably be taking and then saw a car that matched the description. Someone yeah. had got the number plate apparently. Yeah. And so they were, once they verified that, yes, that's definitely the car, then they sort of weighed their options and decided to ram him to the side of the road. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. the uh, And also, Christ, Christchurch is not a big city. Mm, it is. It's, I think it's our second biggest city, but but, uh, but the thing is, but New Zealand is Auckland, not a big country. Yeah. The, and thing is, Auckland is huge compared mm. to other. So yes, by, we're by, one, by international yeah. standards, Auckland is the only city yeah. in New Zealand because we're so. we're one point eight million in Christchurch is about between three, yeah between three and four hundred. Yeah. yeah, so it's actually it is Auckland is fine, Christchurch to be small. Mm. Yes. Uh, so the last one of of this list of eighteen, which. I mean, we, we haven't been numbering them because it isn't really relevant, but, you, but going by the numbers, this is sort of a bit of a grab bag of a list of over uh, up to about 40. So this one, number 37 on his list, number 18 of the ones that he picked out, is authorities immediately find, in inverted commas, evidence that ties the perpetrators to radical beliefs. Well, as we said, uh, the authorities received an email from the perpetrator linking to his manifesto in which his radical beliefs were espoused. So, yeah. so sort of the, the quote-unquote find, it was... Um, there doesn't seem to be anything suspicious about that. No, he released that information to 4chan, 8chan, the Prime Minister's office and the media. The... There was no finding mm. it was promulgated by the suspect. Although, of course, if you believe it's a false flag, then you'll believe that that is part of the rose. Well, indeed. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I don't see you, you can in any way support this initial claim that these items will be found in relation to every false flag and very few, if any of them, will be found at a real event. I mean, a lot of these are, if the event is newsworthy, you'll expect this to be part mm. of the story. Yeah, I, I... So, again, I would really love to see someone give an example of a mass shooting that they don't think was a false flag, because all I, all we ever seem to see is it's just... It's become... It's become 
just sort of a script now, a mass shooting appears, the instantly it's, oh, it must have been a false flag. Yeah. Simply because there seems to be this belief now that every mass shooting is a false flag. So for these claims to be any at all believable, I'd really like to see someone for once actually point to, to a mass shooting and say, oh no, that one was real, and be able to show a difference between that and the ones that uh, they claim are false flags. Um, but I don't think that will ever happen because I think this is all a load of bollocks. Yeah, this seems like a list of conveniences. Mm. So here are a bunch of things which I think are suspicious. Ipso facto, that makes the event suspicious as opposed to, yeah, but some of these things are A, just going to be likely in any newsworthy story, and B, are probably going to be true by coincidence for a lot of stories as well. Not because of some causal mechanism of those stories being faked, but because a lot of events of this particular type, mass shootings, which this list really does seem to refer to, uh, we kind of have a story about the motivations behind it, which if you don't automatically assume those motivations are false and being imputed upon us by higher powers operating behind the scenes, stem from the same a profile that fits the kind of person who does events like this. Mm. So in this podcast, I have tried and failed quite spectacularly to... to um form as a catchphrase the idea that false flags are the lupus of conspiracy theories. Um, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards them more being akin to some sort of rectal cancer, some sort of genital eating bacterial infection or something like that. My, so my false flags are the necrostitis mm, of Necrotizing fasciitis yeah, yeah. of conspiracy theories, the galloping cockrot of conspiracy theories. Has a oh, nice the, the galloping cockrot. Uh, no, my, my, my opinion of false flag uh, theories and false flag theorists, I think, drops with each such event that gets referred to as one, I have to say. Yeah, it is one of those, I mean, as we discussed in the series on false flags, we know false flags mm. have occurred, uh, and they normally occur in times of conflict or perceived conflict. And as I said in the spin-off article, the kind of people who put forward false flags for events like these, the Otatahi mass shooting, are people who believe that there's a culture war going mm. on. So basically... They think there's a conflict between Western civilization and whatever this behemoth that we have right now is, and we've got to fight for that. And the powers that be, the governments of the day, are basically trying to engineer a situation where white people are being disempowered. And one of the reasons why I find that to be an unwarranted conspiracy theory is that the nations that these are occurring in are still predominantly white nations with systemic issues with respect to marginalizing already marginalized or oppressed groups. So it seems like a really odd conspiracy. I mean, it's a bit like the, the claim that the government and Maori are covering up the existence of a pre-Maori European civilization, given the antagonistic relationship between Maori and the crown. Why is the government actually helping Maori out when our history has been to actually take stuff from them right up to the current day. These mass shootings is a culture war thing going on, because if it doesn't actually seem like there's a culture war going on, it actually looks more like governments are engaging in very, very slight progressive moves, and there's a whole bunch of people who feel really uncomfortable with the fact that 
they actually have to start competing in the marketplace of ideas mm. and not just have things as a matter of course because they were born with the right fancy parents. Yeah, I mean, there's the thing that you see in, in a lot of contexts, the idea that um, if the... You, you may you may perceive a level playing field when in fact things are tilted very much in your favour, and if you do see things that way, then what is actually a sort of a re, re uh, the beginnings of a rebalancing can end up looking to you like things tilting away from you. If you follow my slightly tortured metaphor, Torrance, um, I understand your yes. your torture. Uh, so that can sort of be the justification for it. Well, there, I, th I, th I don't know if you've mentioned it just now, but you've mentioned it in your writings on the subject, the fact that the feeling of disenfranchisement is taken as evidence of, of actual, dis of actual yeah. disenfranchisement. Yeah. That seems to be the thing here. Yeah. yeah, it is a case of, I feel like I'm missing out, which actually isn't a case of really missing out, but feelings can be also... Yeah. Can be awfully decisive when it comes to deciding what you're going you're going go, go to the next as anyone with children will be aware of if a child feels they're missing out oh god yes they yeah. get angry they sure do there's no denying that even so, if it turns out they're not missing out at all the mm. perception sometimes as you say humans are just bad at processing well evidence. we are yes no I, my 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 youngest who's six years old drives us up the wall with that crap with his he's got all this stuff but as soon as he someone sees he someone's got something else he he immediately forgets everything that he has and starts obsessing over it so what i'm saying is uh white supremacists are essentially on par with my six-year-old son and also don't give your six-year-old son cocaine no no drives me crazy yeah uh so i think that's enough now for for a week we've got through a lot of stuff you've yeah, done uh, a remarkable job coming up with the uh material for this episode there's more than we've ever had i think for anything so yeah and i think nick i think next week we need a kind of palette cleanser we do so i actually don't even think we just do a single topic i think we find a whole bunch of of small things we've just never got round to covering because i discovered today uh QAnon, the comic book Ooh. first issue Okay. Yes. Uh, and I think I think we should both read that over the next week. And I mean, it's not it's not enough to sustain an e episode, but it's a nice little bit we can do mm. reviewing thirteen pages of an online comic book about QAnon. Uh, and we'll just find some small fun things to discuss next week because we yes. need a palate cleanser. I think I think you're entirely right. So until then. Uh, when you can see what we've managed to come up with, uh, we will leave you now. Uh, and talk to you hopefully in slightly cheerier tones in about a week's time. Yeah, let's just hope that this isn't the first event of a sequence of events in this country because frankly the country's that depressed enough mm. as it is. So on that cheery note, uh, once again goodbye and, and stay well. Yes, la arrivederci.